Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to a beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Spring Developer Advocate Josh Long, and this show is all about the real heroes behind Spring and its ecosystem. Hi, Spring fans. Welcome to another installment of a beautiful podcast. How are you this fine 26th of October, 2023? Can you believe it's already the almost the end of October? That means we've got November and December. we got one-sixth of a year left, and then we're in 2024. Friends, it's moving too quick. I did not approve of this. Nobody asked me, and yet here we are. It is just blows my mind, and I've been doing this for a long time. I've been in this podcast for more than half a decade now, and of course, uh, the podcast in January, will it'll, it'll mark, uh, you know, 13 plus odd years of this week in spring. It'll mark um, six, is that right? Six years or five years of the podcast. I mean, it's just time's moving too quick, my friends. Change is in the air, as you know. Uh, but uh, some things stay the same, and the, the momentum around the spring ecosystem just gets better and better all the time, and uh, and faster and faster. So, my friends, this week I'm in uh, Portugal, and, and believe it or not, despite countless um, reasons I've been here before, um, particularly thanks to the amazing and patient and kind uh, people at the good show called J Nation, uh, I have had many reasons to be here before, but for whatever reason, I've just never been able to come. There's always been some conflict or some emergency or something. And in, in particular, the J Nation people have been um, more than merciful, more than kind, more than patient, just obscenely, unabashedly great, you know? Um, and I'm I'm here finally, but not for J Nation. <laughs> so I'm actually here for the Porto Tech Hub show, and uh, I sure hope to get to J Nation if they will have me. I, I wouldn't blame them if they wouldn't because I've I think I've had to bail twice now uh, in the last five well what six years, and and sure there's a pandemic there, but that means that the years that there weren't pandemic are even fewer, and the fact that I had to flake on them twice is embarrassing for me. Um, uh, anyway, I, I'm actually here. This is the first time I've been to Portugal. I've been to Brazil a billion times. I mean, it's just, it's not like I didn't travel before. It's not like I've not been to every other country in Western Europe for some reason, despite multiple outstanding invitations and even covered travel and everything. I just haven't been able to set foot on terra firma Portugal. And now I am. And it's been, I'm taking a week, even though I've only got um, like basically an hour of work to do on Friday. I'll, 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 give a presentation there uh, at the Porto Tech Hub show. I'm taking a week just to explore, to explore beautiful Lisbon and then uh, meet with some amazing people. And then I'm off to Porto and I'll meet some more amazing people there. Uh, yeah, just a, what a privilege to be here. What a nice, beautiful, beautiful place. I even brought my partner, Tammy. She's with me. We've had such a wonderful time eating the amazing food and uh, listening to Fado music and seeing all the beautiful sights and so on. I've also been busy. Did you know that I'm working on a new book on the Spring Authorization Server and Spring Security? Uh, so that's nice. I finally got to... I'm, 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 that's coming. I mean, I, I hope to have that done by the end of the year. Certainly, that would be the goal. It's already close to 100 pages, so I don't see any reason save uh, that I need to just polish off one other chapter, maybe two, and just go through and edit it and put together the book. I mean, it's not actually technically hard. It's just I haven't had the time to do it, and like a, and um, you know, I, I'll I'll get there soon enough, uh, because um, this is my last trip out of the country for at least a month or so, so I'm hoping I'll have time to uh, to write code and to work on stuff, put, to put together more content, finish the book, put together videos. Um, I like writing code. I mean, I'm I'm not particularly uh, great at it, but I I do it enough that I enjoy it. You know, and I I was lucky enough I got to spend some time last week introducing somebody to the magic that is the flowable workflow engine about which I've spoken uh, at some lengths uh, in previous videos and podcasts and uh, blog articles and uh, whatever um, it's a it's a workflow engine and it, it has a long heritage it comes from ultimately from the people that worked on GBPM over at Red Hat 15 years ago and uh, then that became activity in 2011 <clears throat> an open source project at Alfresco, different code base, clean room re-implementation, different license, all that stuff, but, uh, and, and arg arguably a lot better because they got rid of a lot of the cruft that had built up in JBPM. Um, and then Activity, they forked that, and that became 
Flowable. It's a new company, well, relatively new, like last six years or so, uh, led by, among others, Yoram Barez, uh, who has done an amazing job. They've built up a company that has, in turn, a huge community and uh, a lot of people that are, it's just, it's a fully monetized open source project now, which is wonderful, right? You very, very rarely see that. Um, and I've, you know, Dr. Sire and I, we are both some of the earliest contributors to the precursor, to the predecessor, to uh, uh, to Activity. And that code lives on, and we've I've contributed uh, a fair bit to it since into the Flowable project. And so, I was, it's a workflow engine. Workflow engines are great if you want to manage the state in the system, and you want to manage and interleave the activities of autonomous actors and human actors. Um, a lot of opportunities there. So, so uh, I, I like workflow engines. It's really good. It's a really nice way to model system design. And Flowable just does a great job. And so I worked with, uh, I was showing it to somebody last week, and I realized, oh, hey, the um, the Spring native support, which, by the by, is not the same as the AOT support in Spring Boot 3, the Spring native support is no longer what I would recommend people use, and that and, and hasn't been updated to use the AOT support in Spring Boot 3, so I reached out to Yoram, and I put together a, a you know, I, I would say it's like, whatever, half half of the work, you know? And then he put together the other half, and then I put together another half. So we have now 150% of, um, of a pull request to support AOT with uh, Flowable. So I was busy working on that. And then, um, you know, that kind of stuff is, workflow is really good, especially when you have distributed systems, when you have lots of moving parts in a system, and you want to have a through line through the state in your system, right? Um, you know what else is, it, it's also really good in a modular monolith if you have a large application with lots of collaborating parts um then there too it's going to be very useful and one of these new projects that i've been really really enjoying uh, and using is spring modulith this is a basically spring boot plus architectural guidance around how to structure a, a modular monolithic application so you've already got spring cloud spring cloud gives you the best patterns and primitives for building distributed systems uh and the crux of spring cloud is that eventually our roads lead to messaging, right? Uh, at least in my mind, I, I, you, I, every architecture I've ever built, for whatever reason, it just eventually there's a broker in there somewhere, some way of communicating out of band information with a transactional message store uh, somewhere, right? That it just it's the only way I can imagine scaling up an architecture these days, and uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing with it if it's event, if it's a event carried state transfer or notifications or CQRS or uh, event store sourcing, whatever, right? Messaging is key to everything. And um, so now Spring Modulith, in addition to just having an amazing event, you know, Spring app application event listener mechanism, which it had in 1.0, it now it has in the new Spring Modulith 1.1 coming out in Spring, coming out with Spring Boot 3.2 in a month, by the way, like, almost a month exactly like 24 on the 24th of november i think we're releasing spring boot 3.2 based on spring framework 6.1 and spring modulith 1.1 um uh this is 2023 by the way for those of you listening to this episode in 20 years uh so hi from the past uh but yeah it, that project will now include support for externalizing events so that they can be published in addition to being handled transactionally within the the monolith they can be published out of band uh, uh you know via kafka or rabbitmq or whatever okay so uh yeah just really an amazing opportunity i really like spring modulith you should try it out it's it provided it, it'll literally break the build if you don't structure your code in a clean sort of modular way and uh, i often challenge people i say what happens if you get rid of the word public in your code base Right. Try and try it. Just try it out right now. What happens if you take public from, well, first of all, with spring, like your configuration classes, there's no reason those need to be public. The bean definitions, they don't need to be public. Um, so yeah, try it. It's a natural question. And then if you have services and entities and repositories, and they're all in different packages named the services and repositories and controllers and whatever, uh, then you're doing it wrong. Right. And you'll find that out by removing the word public because that stuff will break. Your controller won't be able to inject the service, which won't be able to inject the repository because they were public before and they were separated uh, from different technical packages. 
the right way to do this, the only way to do this is to think about it in terms of um, features, not technology. And so Spring Modulith helps you do that while also having your cake and eating it too. It gives you uh, some extra guarantees. It lets you work with messaging for communicating across modules. Uh, it's just a really good way to think about building software. It's Spring Boot plus some plus the wisdom of the of the Spring Boot team in terms of architecture, right? So I've always said Spring Boot lets you pair program with the Spring team. Uh, this is more of that, I think, and it's just a really great great idea. Um, and like I said, I'll continue working on all this when I go home. Like I said, I've got a you know I've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at coffee software. And uh, I've got a new home studio. I can't wait to start really churning out some good videos. Uh, and you know, not that usual rubbish that I normally put out. <laughs> um, uh, this will be good. It's going to be good. You just watch. Um, and in the meantime, my friends, today we've got an extra special guest. Uh, who, by the way, the, you know, this conversa conversation happened on my YouTube channel first. And now here we're having it uh, for the podcast tonight. Um, because there are different ways to learn and appreciate stuff. And so if you're, uh, if you want to learn about Spring, and, uh, and if you've been in the industry for more than a minute, like I have, uh, then you no doubt know about Mr. Spring in action himself, Craig Walls, uh, author of arguably the most prolific spring book um, ever, Spring in Action. Just an amazing technologist and an engineer in the spring team as well, and uh, one of the coolest people I've ever met. So I got a chance to sit down and talk with him. I think we did. I think we discussed, if I if memory serves, I think we discussed that this was his first time on the show, which feels like heresy to me. I mean, he, there's nobody who should have been on the show. You know, I, I, there's there are so few people on the planet that I admire, you know, as much as I do him and his contributions to the community. So the idea that this was the first time on the show just made me feel like I had just been derelict in my duties and remiss. So I'm a, I'm sorry about that, but uh, he's here now. Okay, enjoy. I just what a what a great episode. Thank you for uh, joining us, Greg, and uh, thanks for everyone else for listening. And uh, we'll see you next. That's a miracle because there was a lot of trouble getting there. I don't know why. Uh, people who watch the show know that I am not good at this <laughs> at all. But uh, this was worse than usual. This was exemplarily bad, you know, not great. But we did it. And I'm glad because you're here. And I'm, I am I was in, you know, I, told, I said I had to go uh, use the lavatory right before we started just to make sure, you know. And uh, I was thinking to myself, gosh, I might have, I might be like this. If this is my first discussion, my first interview at Spring One 2023, then I might have peaked, right? This is, there's nowhere to go down at this point. I got Mr. Spring in action, legend in, in the Java and JVM community, uh, known, I think, mostly for, well, forgive me, but I at least know you from your amazing, amazing book, Spring in Action. Um, I'm sure there's countless others in the, in the show that would have the same experience, but what do you think you're known for? I don't know. Who are you again? I, yeah, I don't even oh, know. <laughs> Just a huge, huge fan, huge fan. Um, have you been on the show before? I think you might. I, I don't think I have. No. Really? Oh, Never. I fail. No, that's not true. Is that true? No, I'm pretty sure it's true. Okay, hold on. If that's true, then I have failed. Um, all episodes. Uh, well, that's a bummer. Really? Not even during the whole pandemic. No. Like, what? Uh, well, we've talked about it. Really. No, that's this year. What about last year? Somebody, hello, look at these people, by the way, um, coming into the mix here. So all episodes would go by year. Okay. You had some great people on here, though. Uh, just, I mean, then, then they find out who I am and what I'm doing. They're like, oh, wait, can I cancel? I'm like, no, too late. You're recording. Too late. Oh, it is too late? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you've actually been on the show. Oh, well, welcome to the show. First time. Right. Hopefully not the last time. I'm super, super honored you're here. I was I was already honored that you might be here um, uh, thinking you had already been here. It just seems like a huge oversight on my part if you haven't already been here. Look at that. We've got some people. We've got some nice people from around the world. By the way, not a great time in the day for like half the planet right now. And they still show up. Look, there's people right. hired from Sweden. We got, we got a, I know Simon here. He's in, I think, Belgium. 
uh, and hello from South Africa. Uh, yeah, so wow. we just, yeah, people are just turning up. They're excited to talk to you. Um, and by the way, that's you, these. We see the comments. If you have questions, comments you want to ask, you know, probably your first teacher on Spring and my certainly one of mine. Um, he's here in the studio. Well, as it is, as such it is, such as it is. And I'll be happy to Google any answer you need. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, just. Well, yeah. Good. Well, welcome. Well, thank you. You know, we're at spring one. This is a, all the people in the chat, you're missing out. Like, this is a, a great show. Yeah, it was an amazing keynote this morning. Uh, a lot of energy. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, no spoilers here, but I think there's been, there were some interesting announcements, right? Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about those? Uh, let's see. Um the one thing that stuck in my head, and it's mostly just because I've been intrigued by this lately, is something I still don't know much about because they didn't talk about it much in the uh, keynote, right. but they hinted to it, is apparently there's this new experimental project called Spring AI, yeah. and I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, Spring AI, getup.com, spring-projects-experimental, mm -hmm. forward slash spring-ai. Simple as that. Go try it out. Unified interface for large language models. It's early days. We want your feedback. This is like, it's in the name, experimental, right? And so it's buzzword compliant. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I only found out about it about two or three days ago. I saw uh, that there's a talk, I guess, tomorrow afternoon on that. And I was wondering what it was. And I didn't even realize there was a project until a few days ago. And I, I was telling Josh before this started, I went from being sort of an AI skeptic to being, oh, I kind of see how that works now. I kind of see what the, what the big buzz is in, in just the last week or so. And so it's kind of exciting to see that there's a spring project for it. Yeah, well, of course there is, right? I mean, it's. Uh, I had that same experience years ago, and I was. Um, yeah, there. You, okay, so I'm gonna put this on the screen for everybody. There it is. Go, go check it out. We want your, we want to, we want you to try it out. Just let us know if it works for you. If there's some use case you want better served, uh, if there's something we're missing, it's, you know, open, open season. Hey, open season, spring. Uh, never um. mind. Oh. Yeah, anyway, so you were talking about being a skeptic. Um, I was having that same, uh, I had, I think I had basically the same arc with social media mm -hmm. as you just did with AI. And I was like, oh, I think I really need to start learning how to program this. And then like a minute later, you announced Spring Social. Yeah, that was, that was in 2010, <laughs> a long time ago. We don't say things before, before COVID. That's, you have to say 2010 BC. Okay, yeah. before COVID, 2010 BC, it was that was a long time ago. Yeah, way too long. And the whole goal of that project, largely, it, it took a weird form. Um, the whole point of it was more, in fact, I think the name Spring Social is perhaps not a good name for it. Yeah, it sounded like something where we're going to have some tea and some crumpets. Um, but it it actually was, and people are going to dress and they're like uh, dapper as clothes they can find. Yeah, but it it seemed to me that. Um, the core of the project was more about connecting Spring applications with any OAuth 2 or Oro, just OAuth 1, but mostly OAuth 2 um, as a client uh, to any OAuth 2 security API. Right. And But at that time, some of the more popular and well-known ones were the social ones like Facebook. And Twitter was OAuth 1, but Facebook and LinkedIn. And so we provided some API bindings for those. And that's what actually became the popular thing is the api bindings not so those much the so OAuth connection well the OAuth connections are great and i and i, I mean, actually uh you even when you decommissioned uh spring social some years ago you wrote this great blog showing how to basically get OAuth hooked into a with regular rest template and all that and, it's like, and, and spring template and yeah uh, or not spring Template. i'm sorry uh with uh spring security and rest template and yeah so you you could that's the, the other thing is spring security evolved over time and it's OAuth support evolved to the point where you, Spring Security is from a connection, OAuth 2 connection standpoint, really was superfluous. We didn't really need it anymore. Yeah. Uh, of course, what are you missing? You're missing the API bindings, which were the those are great. the popular things, but the, those are such a challenge to oh. keep, to manage because yeah. Facebook would, every three months would change their API. And that meant the API binding had to change. And so, and then there's this whole, this, you know, this wealth of an API binding that Facebook uh, had or Twitter or LinkedIn or anybody had, and any application didn't need all that. They only needed certain things. So it, it sort of made sense to retire that and let developers develop what just what they needed of their own API right. bindings 
and then use Spring Security to make the connections. So it did. It Spring Spring Social sort of outlived itself, and I loved it. And I'm and I Facebook changed. Uh, it, Facebook like Hibernate seems to break their API every other week, right? Um, in point releases without yeah. without warning. I remember there's a whole. It was just at some point people had the, the community forced Facebook to like, hey, you got to give us at least a few weeks before you break this thing. You can't just do it overnight, right? Um, I don't know if it was a few weeks, maybe it was a few months. There had to be a cooling off period. You can't just like, right? It's broken. Good luck, fix it. You know. Well, I said every three months, and that was actually what they landed on. Uh, initially, Facebook would change it overnight, just on a whim, and that was ugly. Yeah, no, not not good. Um, I so I love that. I love the bindings. The, on the other the other side of the spectrum, of course, was uh, things that don't change at all. So I'm I've been dealing with the Twitter API of late, and they still have half their API stuck in OAuth one. You can't do everything you want to do in OAuth 2. So I can't even use Spring Security. Right. The OAuth stuff in Spring Security doesn't support OAuth 1.0 because why would it? It's ancient, decrepit, you know. Problematic. Technology. Yeah. So it was very, very painful. Um, and that API, you know, of course, uh, things just broke. I mean, not related to the API proper, but just the, the tokens are all now associated with tiers. And a lot of that just broke overnight recently because Ellen wants all the people that are consuming data to like pay wait 50. twitter's changing yeah i imagine it wants people to pay 50 something like that fifty thousand dollars a month right or something something i don't know maybe that's the wrong number it's just some crazy number it's like oh clearly he does not want us to use that api i get it now the good news is nobody's can block me now <laughs> oh god um okay so there's that uh and uh i love spring social you know i actually built a so we remember project glass from google yes it has it's been a while. Yeah. yeah, I got one of those, right? I was lucky enough to be, for whatever reason, I think it's just because I'm a San Francisco person with more than two followers on Twitter, right? Literally, I think it's probably that. Because this was like 10, 11 years ago, right? It must have been. Um, and uh, so Google invited me out to a uh, barge, not a barge, like a, a little island off of the, it wasn't like a proper island. It was like a, maybe it was a pier or something. But you have to get to it by boat. That's the thing. It was weird. It was like a a little area. A fake island. Fake island kind of off the coast of San Francisco, off the Embarcadero there. So there, I met some, they said meet at the uh, pier. And then so I'm like, well, who, who do I meet? And then, of course, there's this guy with a... It sounds shady. Yeah, exactly. There's a guy with a Google class. I'm like, oh, this guy. So then I met him, took me on a boat to this island, and they gave me the brand new Google glass. Like I was one of the first thousand people in the world to have it. So the first thing I did with it, besides like look like an idiot for a minute, First thing I did was try and build a Spring Social binding. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. It was and, I, it, worked, and it worked. You can actually write. Well, I wouldn't use it now, of course. It, it, Apple well, VR is a new thing. Does it even work now? Yeah, exactly. Probably not, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's very, very much a past thing. But yeah, Spring Social. I love how much I love that project. It was so, so useful. And another example of that, Greg Turnquist. That I think it was Greg who did this. Uh, he created a Spring Social binding for. Ecobee thermostats. Oh, that's so good. Not social at all. I mean, nobody's going to subscribe and follow your so your thermostat settings, but right. they, they use Spring Social for that. That's exactly. That was a great project, and it just solved uh, sort of day to day, like because it is painful, like keeping on top of all this and making it work idiomatically in a Spring project. Uh, it's hard now, even for the dedicated. You, you were maintaining clients for all these different uh, well, APIs. We were ambitious at the beginning, and we we scaled back because it became just unmanageable even with yeah. the one or two that we ended up landing on it was it became unmanageable we started with several yeah yeah i remember um anyway very uh, valiant amazing effort uh you also worked on well like i said you've you got these so you had spring let's talk about the books for a second because i didn't want to give that i don't want i want to give that more credit um it changed the world it's one of the most popular books ever written on spring it is and, and you've got several books you also did one on uh, modules Right? Yes, uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Basically, an OSGI book. Uh, yeah. Back uh, modules before modules were cool. Uh, yep, yep. And that was a great one. And then you did one on uh, Spring Boot. You did Spring, and then that got merged into Spring in Action. I guess. Yes. Uh, what happened is Spring in Action. What four? I guess at the time. I think that was the edition we were talking about. Maybe five. I forget. Yeah. Um, Spring Boot came along at the same time that book was finishing up, and so I I didn't have time to really just stop the presses, other than the throw in it. Oh yeah, by the way, there's this thing called Spring Boot chapter at the very end. And then the publisher came along and said, well, what if we wanted to cover Spring Boot in more detail? And so we created a dedicated Spring Boot book. But then going forward, 
I didn't want to people I'm, I'm still even to this day I'm, I'm asking is there ever going to be a spring boot in action second edition I'm like no never yeah. uh, and the reason is that was just there to kind of fill a gap and then now going forward any edition of spring in action is going to be very boot centric from the get-go right yeah because it, it makes it's weird to consume spring apps and yeah, I mean spring boot. why would you want to yeah I mean you could but and actually we, we so so we, we talked about that today this this spring one we're celebrating 20 years 20 of the thing called spring right Spring framework initially, but then that flowered, it bloomed into so many other spring asterisk projects, you know? I like your flowers and blooms and spring. That's yeah. a nice choice of words. Hey, Good that was job. a happy accident. Thank you, sir. Uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, and, and then 10 years of spring boot. Right. Right. <laughs> so it's actually 20 years since the first announcement of the thing that would then become spring framework 1.0. We called it spring framework, but it wasn't 1.0 yet. And it's 20, it's 10 years since the announcement of spring boot. 1.0, but it wasn't 1.0 yet. It would be it would 0.04 or whatever, right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so 2013, 2003, and 2013, but they were both GA uh, in 2004 and 2014, respectively. And uh, yeah, your book has been there for. When did you start writing that first book? I mean, uh, most of that history, I can I think, is tied inextricably to that. You know, I became aware of Spring and started uh, tinkering with it thanks to my first co-author, uh, Ryan, Ryan Breidenbach. Yeah. Uh, he introduced me. Uh, to uh, spring when it was like 0 0.9. And I had just finished up writing another book on X Doclet. Um, oh, oh, oh. Everybody oh, remember X Doclet? I do. And I've talked about it. And I, I used EJB Doclet. And then it became the generic X Doclet. Right. And if you didn't have annotations, that's what you use. Yeah, and, and, it, and it did its job. Yeah. I mean, for what you had to work with, it, it did a good job. But yes, did. Um, I just finished up that book and I was talking to my publisher. They They were saying, is there can you recommend any other topics that we might want to publish books on? I said, well, uh, there's this thing called spring. It looks really cool. And they said, okay, uh, who would you recommend to write that? And so I started listing off the obvious names yeah. and uh, they said, okay, they came back to me and said, yeah, we talked to them and they don't want to write that book. Um, do you sure. know anybody else? I'm like, I can't honestly can't think of anybody. They said, well, would you be interested? And that's when I said, well, maybe. And I chatted with Ryan and, um, we ended up writing the first edition of Spring in Action. So it was, uh, I think that was published in 2004, if I remember right. 2005, wow. maybe. It was like really quickly. Right after, after the yeah. right after the first one. That is phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's a cultural phenomenon. I mean, everybody's got that book. Everybody. I, I, you know, I've got multiple versions of the book. I even have the Spring Boot in Action one. You know, uh, I've never got you to sign it because I'm lazy and I always forget to bring it. But... <laughs> My nightmare is that you're going to like... Well, if you have it in your Kindle, I'll sign your Kindle. Yeah, I should. I should. I wouldn't mind having you sign that. That'd be cool. Um, uh, okay, so great book. I mean, I cannot... Thank you. Oh, no, thank you is I guess what I'm trying to say. is, is uh, So that I don't want to dismiss that. It's a huge thing. Um, you joined in 2010, I think. That's right. I remember you joined a few months uh, before I did. And I was like, oh, oh, I really want... I wanted the job bad. But then I was like, oh, I really want to be able to work there. You know, I want the job even more if he's going to be there. So, um, and then, uh, and then you worked with, and that was, I think the Keith yeah, was, influence is hard to, <laughs> he, you know, this week in spring is because of him, right? right? Um, he's the one who's like, Hey, we should do a weekly thing. Right? Yeah. I remember, I remember that yeah. all going, coming down. Oh yeah, exactly. And then, um, and then of course the spring social stuff, right? Even the API design, you can very much see the original sort of structure, very much a Keith ism. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what? I mean, you've been working on so much other stuff. I, I spent a little time um, kind of delving into the different types of JavaScript frameworks and, you know, what it would, what Spring could offer to those things. And that was an interesting experience. I uh, never went very far, but, you know, it was a, it was a good thing to fail yeah. on. It was a fun thing to <laughs> fail on. Um, and then uh, we, um, I did, I was part of the small team that worked with Chris Beams to create some of the initial content for Spring.io. And uh, some of the, yeah, some of those getting started guides, even some of the ones that are out there even today, still have my words in them. They just the rest. In action, been, the, rest I yeah, remember, the, the rest one, yeah. I wrote one of the first ones. You wrote more of the first ones, and I remember the rest one in particular. That's the one you wrote. Yeah, every so often, I go out and look to see how much it's changed. And aside from you know, occasional just you know Code. updates and stuff, yeah. the the text of it's more or less the same. Yeah. Um, so you yeah, did that, and then uh, ended up going to the commercial side and doing some of the work for uh, Spring Cloud Services. Right and stuff that's available on what's now known as Tanzu Application Service uh, for doing configuration, um, service re registry, and in, at least initially um, 
what was it? The um, Eureka. Think. Well, there's Eureka for service registry, config Zipkin. server. No, the uh, totally blanking on what it's called. Uh, the circuit breaker stuff. Oh, Hystrix. Hystrix, that's right. Sorry. Hystrix. I'm picturing a porcupine in my head, and yet <laughs> I, I I couldn't think of the name Hystrix. Um, but yeah, the circuit breaker stuff. And yeah. so um, was on that team. In fact, I'm still essentially on the team that supports that. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we've been, in more recent years, been doing some more Kubernetes stuff. And I yeah. am now uh, pretty much, there's this thing called Application Configuration Service, or ACS. It's available for on both Tanzu Application Platform as well as Azure Spring Apps Enterprise. Um, and I basically, you know, pretty much wrote every line of code that was in that initially. We've had a few, we've had some more team members that came along since then who have contributed, of course, and they've done some great work. But that was sort of um, the thing that I produced and still kind of still working on, still kind of cool. proud of. It's kind of fun. Um, the idea being that it's kind of like the idea of config servers, you have an HTTP server that's uh, listening on a port to provide <clears throat> you with configuration yeah. from some backend such as Git. Uh, ACS is similar to that. The difference is instead of having a live HTTP server that your that the application asks for every time it starts up or a new instance spins up, instead, uh, ACS is actually kind of lazy in this way in that it still hits the get back in using the same conventions that you would have if you were using config server. So if you want to transition from config server to ACS, your back end doesn't have to change. Your, your Git doesn't have to change at all. Mm -hmm. And we pick it up and we spit it out into a Kubernetes cluster as either a secret or a config map or both, depending on what how you set it up. And then your application can just mount that and, and bind to it and use that configuration. Oh, okay. So, so it's revending. Exactly. And so what happens is, as opposed to config server, where every time you spin up an app, config server is going to get hit, which means the Git's going to get hit. And you have to deal with all the uh, latency and potential right. for bringing down a Git repository. We, ha we had some customers who were using their own GitLabs internally, and they were spinning up, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of applications almost simultaneously, and their GitLab went down down the drain. Uh, it just couldn't handle that much load because those applications are just slamming it with a request for configuration. With ACS, we only hit hit it once. Yeah. The, that, that, to that, bootstrap. To bootstrap it and then to refresh later on. That's but, oh, That was my question. What is, so if I want to use the refresh scope, I you know, with config maps, I can update them, but it, like with Spring, Spring Cloud Kubernetes, mm -hmm. there's a mechanism there to get, to refresh the config maps uh, and the secrets right. and all that. Um, does this rely on, does this mechanism for refresh if I, well, first of all, let's say, I change the Git repository. Do you automatically then revend mm -hmm. the config map, and then do I use Spring Cloud Kubernetes to see that updated one, or do you have a? No, you don't have system? to use Spring Cloud Kubernetes. In fact, your your application doesn't even have to have a dedicated client library, at all. Oh, There's nice. nothing special about it at all, from the application side. Oh, but um, oh, but is it just a? They don't it, for our environment variables. You'd have to restart the process, though, right? We do. Yeah. I mean, what okay. happens is the it gets mounted onto the file system. Ah, and, config tree. Okay, okay. As a config tree, and or you could do it even as a flat application.properties. There's a strategy right. for doing that as well. And it loads that up into the Spring application environment. Now, if something does change, if Git changes, then we also we we can check on that at, at different intervals. By default, it's 60 seconds. But right. every 60 seconds, we'll see if something's changed. And if it has, we'll pull it. We'll make a brand new config mapper secret. Oh, so and uh, then your application, depending on whether you used... Um, uh, depending on the kind of config mapper secret, whether or not it's immutable or not, uh, we will either overwrite the existing secret if it's if it's mutable, right. or we'll replace it if it's not. And then your application finds out about it. And if it's an if it's a mutable secret, then of course you're going to have to tell your binding. Now in Tap, that sort of happens magically behind the scenes. You don't even need to know about it because in Tap, if if a new secret shows up, then t the Tap workload detects, oh yeah, there's a new secret. Let's right. swap that out and redeploy the app. Right. If it's a if it's an ASA, then it's a mutable secret and we just the application's file system gets refreshed, but then you still have to go tell the spring application. Acronym alert. What is TAP? Oh TAP, Tanzu application platform. And what is that? That is the I don't want to misrepresent it because I'm not I'm not on that team. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's basically the application platform built on top of Kubernetes for um, all sorts of things, but uh, right. of course, Spring Apps. Yeah, great, great ideal place for Spring Apps. What is ASE? ASAE. Uh, um, Azure Spring Applications. ASAE is Azure Spring Applications Enterprise. Right. The, and the, and so the you mentioned uh, our the Trinity of 
the Spring Cloud infrastructure services earlier. I mentioned uh, the Eureka, the config server, and uh, what's the third one? Hystrix. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, well, Hystrix has sort of gone now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very good looking. Gateway MBA. came and sort of filled its spot. Right. Um, but there was a very cool looking page there with you could see the spikes and mm -hmm. all that. Anyway, uh, all that stuff. That's that we've just integrated that with everything. If you want to use those bits, um, you know, hardened and integrated with federated OAuth, uh, IDP, organizational right. IDPs, we have those bits available for Cloud Foundry, which is TAP, TAS, TAS Application Service, which is Cloud Foundry plus plus. We have it available for ASA. We have the open source for ASA. We have the hardened integrated one for ASA E. That's right. Uh, and then of course TAP. TAP. So. And so this ACS, is that going to be applied? Is that available to all those? Well, Cloud Foundry, guess not, but. It's not going to be in TAS, but it is available for TAP and ASAE. Cool. Oh, that's so cool. In fact, it, it first started its life in ASAE. Are we allowed to talk about this? I should just. I don't see why not. Is it out? Oh, yeah. It's been, been around for, I think. I was a little surprised in the keynote this morning. Somebody said it had been an ASAE for since 2019. I guess I didn't realize it had been out there that long. ACS? Well, ASA, they said ASAE did. I, oh. To me, that still seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, seems It's been at least two years, though. Yeah. What about ACS? Well, AS, ACS was the, the first component of ASAE. Oh, okay, okay. So it has been, it's definitely been out there for a minute or two. Yeah, I'm not sure that the 2019 was actually an accurate number, at least no, not that, for ASAE. That seems yeah. wrong. But I think it was during the pandemic, but either way. It was, it's was. it been at least two years, because I know uh, some of the first iterations of it happened before the team formed. I was both the team lead, the project lead, the, yeah. the lead developer, the sub subordinate developer. I was everybody on the team for, <laughs> for a brief period of time. And um, some of the folks now that are now on the team have been with us for over two years. So it's been at least two years. Wow, that's cool. So that, that that's amazing. That's really cool stuff. And you've got a real knack for, I mean, I know you were doing a lot of the uh, the federated IDP stuff as well earlier on, right? And then those other, other pieces. Um, that kind of plays well with uh, your experience with Spring Social. And you're also really good at building client APIs. And so I, it wasn't very surprising given all of that and your experience with JavaScript and, and so on, that you also got really good. You got really into, a, 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 I don't know what the, what is the, what is the archetype of an Alexa? Oh, the skill. Skills, and Alexa but, skill, but also you do a lot of those. It's not just that Alexa, right? You do well, voice applications in that. general. I'm interested in, yeah. And the, the world of voice applications is pretty broad, it covers a lot of different things. Uh, but clearly, kind of the, the most Actually, the bigger, yeah, my hat is from last year's Alexa Live. Every, every year, they have some sort of like uh, virtual conference of sorts, it's a day long. And this is the hat from last year's Alexa Live. It's, it, it is a little jarring to think that the robotic voice that responds to me would have an event called live. Yes. <laughs> Why? So, well, you don't think she's alive? Uh, Anyhow, but yeah, Alexa is definitely um, one of the kind of the most well-known of these voice oh, uh, sure. platforms by, by far. It is the AWS of yes. voice uh, apps. Yeah. Okay. By far. And, and like, even like Siri, bless her heart. Um, <laughs> I, I like Siri. She's great for setting timers, but uh, beyond that, and she's, she can make jokes and stuff. She's yeah. Siri as a technology is pretty cool, but from a developer standpoint, uh, it just, it's lacking. Yeah. And Google sort of, um, all but abandoned Google assistant. And so from a developer standpoint, at least for the mass mass market, if you want to, you know, reach people, it's it's going to be Alexa right now, right. unfortunately. I wish I wish I could say more is because I'm not I don't have any like hard and fat. I'm, I'm not invested. I don't get a dime from promoting Alexa, honestly. Right. But I wish I I could say more. There are other platforms, but they're just not as well known. In fact, I've written a Spring app right. that you can talk to in your browser. It doesn't involve Alexa at right. all. The closest thing it involves is Lex, Amazon Lex behind the scenes. Um, but it even then that the Lex part is pluggable, so it could could have been something else. Yeah, and I just did that for natural language understanding purposes. But I I, I have written a Spring app that I can talk to in my browser. Wow, and I that now we take that and we pair it with Spring AI. Yeah, got some really interesting opportunities here. Right, know? and I'm I'm intrigued by this because I, I really think there's some really cool stuff you can do now that I've started to get my eyes opened about some of what you can do with AI. Right, um, putting OpenAI behind an Alexa. 
skill so yeah. that you're talking to Alexa. Uh, it, it, it sort of from Alexa developer's point of view, the, the open AI takes away some of the natural language processing. You sort of like yeah. defer that off to open AI to handle that for you now, as opposed to your, your skilled handling it. Um, not that it's hard in your skill, but now you just shove that off over, over yeah, that. Just pass the question onward. And uh, so that's kind of nice. And then from a open AI or, you know, never, I keep saying open AI. It's not the only option no. out there. That's just the one I think about the most. Sure. Um, it is, you might say the Alexa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, you might say that. LLMs. But at least if, from that perspective, if you're interested in open AI or any of the LLMs, um, Alexa is what is going to give those a voice as opposed to just typing at it. Right. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Okay. So I'm, I, I, you, do you have anything, do you have any particular skills people can, try or uh, let's see uh i have a few uh but the one that i'm most i spend most of my time on yeah i, I say most of my time is like literally after hours weekends whenever you know the family's already in bed and i can't sleep mm -hmm. uh those kinds of things uh i, I have a, a skill called mouse guests it's mouse as in mickey mouse and guests as in you are a guest of a, a location and what mouse guest does is allows you to uh whether you're in disney world disneyland it doesn't matter uh you can do it use it at home and you can ask it things like park hours and uh what the current wait time is for attractions and then uh there's some other fun stuff it does and if you're actually in the park which is kind of cool um, it's a location-based skill. So if you, you're actually in the park and you have granted access yeah. uh, to your location and you're using your phone, or I have this really cool thing on the back of my phone called the talk socket, which is essentially a smart microphone. And I can talk to Alexa through it. Uh, you can ask it things like, uh, where can I get a churro? And based on your location, it'll guide you to the nearest churro. And, wow. Uh, that's kind of fun. So you have, you have Alexa on your iPhone. I do. That's amazing. In fact, if anybody owns an Alexa device, they probably have Alexa on their iPhone because the other thing, even if I didn't have that device, there's this little icon up in the corner. That's the Alexa widget. <laughs> I can just tap that and talk to it as well. And that skill works there as well? Mm -hmm. oh, that's awesome. So anybody can install it or is it just oh, yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. All you have to do is say um, like Alexa, open mouse guests or Alexa, ask mouse guests, what time does Epcot open tomorrow? Things like that. And it'll work. I, you're such a smart guy. And so I try not to bother you too much for spring questions uh but i i i took a trick i took the the family to disneyland and you've got this endearing uh, uh knowledge and, and affinity for all things i know Disney. a few things oh sir understatement of the decade you know um yeah you 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 know like i you're, i know your spring knowledge is the the bulk of but there's there's this huge chunk of Disney stuff as well, and I cannot believe like you you were like my uh, my uh, tour guide when when I was in the park I was asking you questions all the time and it's just like oh this is so cool I didn't know you were and I was Disneying vicariously through you <laughs> at the time so good I had so much fun that is a lot of fun and thank you for that I mean so I guess the next best thing is if you don't have his phone number is to get the mouse guests there's yeah, a lot and, of great advice there and I'll be honest with you mouse guests. Uh, it sounded like a clever name when I first came up with it, but it turns out that with voice apps, mouse, to say the word mouse guests, it gets easily misunderstood, depending on how, how clearly you say it, how clearly you enunciate, maybe if you have an accent. And so more often than not, it actually opens mouse gas, whatever that is. And um, so I am considering a, a, a branding change just, just because I need to come up with something that's more easily understood. Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's true. But when that happens, I'm sure the old mouse guest skill will tell you what the new one is. So. Yeah. That's like when we named um, Spring Cloud Sleuth. Yeah. It, sleuth is a very hard word for a huge chunk of the population on the planet to pronounce. And there's two ways to spell it, at least. Re oh, really? I knew yeah, that. it depends on where you put the E and the U. You have to stop and think about it. Oh. And I, I, know, I know what the right way is, but... What's the right way? I always do the e, U. E before the U. I do that one, yeah. Yeah, okay. but... yeah it. I've, I, I've seen people type it the other way, not, not because either because they don't know how to type well or they just don't know, and oh. that's fine. Well, that's okay. I didn't know. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, it, I I like the Spring Cloud Sleuth, but I'm there's a lot of reasons why I've been I'm I'm glad it's been pushed down into, uh, Spring my, no micrometer. You know. Yeah. One of them is that's that, nice. that I don't have to pronounce the word sleuth anymore, and then poor people have to, you know, how hard it is to ask questions. Sounds like you're, you got a, kind of a lisp. Yeah, sleuth. sleuth. 
It's a very weird sound. Anyway, okay, so we have some questions. Speaking of questions, um, before we move on, before we get okay, the, the, the Merry Marching Band, as Stanley would have said, um, the Merry Marvel Marching Band, before that keeps marching, let's see what we got here. Hi from South Africa. Great, we saw that. Uh, hi from Belgium, yes. Spring AI, it sounds cool. You're right, it does. I'm su we're all super excited. You can you can sense it. I have no idea what it what it's gonna do because I haven't touched it yet. <laughs> yeah. That's that's on my to-do list. <laughs> Our friend Simon says, any idea if there are any plans for something a more a tad more LAO? Oh, I guess he meant elegant. And he says, question, any plans for oh, so, oh, he repeated the question. Any any plans for a slightly more elegant way to create declarative rest client than this? And you know, I have uh, uh, yes. Yes, I, I know I've been working on that and uh, I know smarter people than I have taken that code and who knows, you know. Are we talking about the new declarative stuff and mm -hmm. how to make it even better? Because I, I mean, I'll, I'll say I like it. I like it a lot, but there is a little bit of it's, boilerplate It is there. boilerplate, yeah. This is, and this is the new boilerplate. This is not even the web client adapter that I've been doing in every demo for the last year or whatever. Uh, but still, yeah, it's a, yeah. it could be better. And it's gotta be, don't worry. I, I'm, I have every confidence that It'll get better if, if not if for no other reason than because I have written the code to make it better. And if they don't accept that, then something will get accepted, you know? Um, and it works in native too. That's the hard part. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So uh, yeah, and I agree hundred percent. Lovely to not have to drag in web client uh, or, or use the verbose rest template anymore, by the way. Yeah. The rest client, the new rest client is hot right. sauce. Good oh, stuff. Oh yeah. I love it. Uh, and then we saw that in the keynote this, yeah. this morning. There's a great discussion around the rest client and uh, the, the uh, uh, JDBC client, right? From Jurgen, and then we talked about we, actually the best, the the one. I mean, I knew these things conceptually, but just to see it so well articulated, so clearly articulated, Cora's discussion of virtual threads. Oh yeah, fantastic. Corey it was Berkeley. it was it was amazing, and uh, I've played around with virtual threads in Spring. Um, yeah, quite a bit. In fact, I even did a a talk not too long ago at one of the conferences I was at. No fluff, just Show, stuff. Yeah, it was one of the no fluff, just stuff shows, and I showed it off. He's a frequent, like he's an institutional speaker at No Fluff Just Stuff, one of the best shows in the business, and he's there more often than not. You've got to go if you're in the states, you should go see these shows. Aside from Vincat, I am the <laughs> longest running speaker on the tour, and it, there for a while I thought I was going to be the longest running because Vincat took about a year off, but then he came back. To ah. So um, that's a, well, but yeah, a I, I did do a demo, uh, a brief demo of the virtual thread stuff. Um, about a month ago, I guess, and um, it went well. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it was just a quick one. It was just a quick hit, like just, right. oh yeah, by the way, you can do this. And I was uh, still, I, I think what Cora did this morning was amazing. It it basically was the more expanded version of what I did. And and uh, part of that is that um, in order for that to work, that requires Java 21, which is coming out in less than a month. It just occurred to me, the last date I've seen was September like 19th. I don't know if that's right. I have no idea. I never know. I usually don't know until it happens. But it's last I if it's September 19th, it just occurred to me we're in 21 August already. Mm -hmm. So we are less than a month away from Java 21, which has Project Loom or virtual threads, which is free money. It's for, just upgrade and you get scalability and then you get concurrence. And another thing that we just talked about at the keynote today, we saw Cora's talk. And again, you've got to watch it. And to the question, by the way, there is a question uh, there. Um, there is a question. The question is, I really want to watch Spring One. Is there any affordable way for me as a student uh, to to watch it? And I, I mean, I don't know actually, but I, I know previous years we've always posted these videos on YouTube. I've heard that they're going to show up uh, within 24 hours of their presentation, but I don't know that. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I, things I hear from other speakers, perhaps or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But tip, previous years we've always posted them online, so I wouldn't be, you know, I'd be I'd be shocked if we didn't. No, but nobody tells us anything. We just, we just work here. Like, um, hi from West Africa. Hi, which part of West Africa? Like, like Cote d'Ivoire, you know, or or Sierra Leone, or I mean, all these places. Good stuff. Nice to see you. Welcome. Um, there are no virtual tickets this year, but one can watch it on YouTube in a few weeks, months. Yeah, that's it's that's some version of that is yeah. the truth, right? I, it'll be on YouTube, I suspect. Uh, English, yeah. Oh, Simon says that the skill rollout for Alexa in is it's been limited, at least in Belgium. Yeah, that's one of the things that I mean. Every time, every so often, somebody talks about this um, with the Alexa team. I, I join a virtual, um, well, I, I guess office hours every Tuesday morning 
unfortunately I won't be able to tomorrow because I'm going to be tuning into a keynote for spring one, but during the office hours, they, um, a lot of times people ask about oh, when is Alexa going to be more available in my country and in my uh, language and locale. And the answer that kind of the canned answer is we would like it to be available for every language and in every locale. However, there's a lot that goes into each one of those, not just from the techno technical aspects of it, but also some legal aspects. And so it's, it's, it, it's slow, unfortunately, to get them into all these different locales. Absolutely. Um, speaking, uh, so let me see. How do you see, how do you people, how do you see the increase of AI and voice interactions in cars in the next one or two years? Uh, let's see. I, I don't know. I mean, quite honestly, anything I come up with in, in, in reason on what it might be is probably going to be vastly inferior to what will really, will really happen. Um, I would hope that, uh, I mean, we're already seeing now self-driving cars and I have some, I have some quite honestly, some skepticism around self-driving cars. I know that they exist and I know people are, are finding some value in them. I don't know yet that the self-driving car has successfully satisfied my concern with the deer running across the road scenario, but because where I live, I literally, as a human, I can't deal with deer running across the road. I, I don't know that AI is going to necessarily be able to handle that as it'll handle it maybe faster, but maybe not as well. And, um, but I don't know, maybe we'll see. Um, yeah. but, uh, I, I, I would actually wouldn't mind. I'm, I'm still skeptical of it, but I wouldn't mind the scenario where I don't have to drive. Cause I honestly hate driving. Me too. I really, I mean, I, I, I like getting places, but I don't like driving there. And so that, that would be nice to see that now. What, what, honestly, I would love to see more, uh, train, uh, ways to get there. You get on a sure. train and get places. And that's just in the United States. That's just not uh, a reality, unfortunately. But. I, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I have a, a Tesla and don't at me. I, I didn't know the guy was crazy when I bought the car. You're um, forgiven. Um, but, but uh, the full self-driving is pretty good, but, but huge, but Mercedes is better. And so did you hear recently they have a level three autonomy in Mercedes now in California and in Germany, you can buy a, a Mercedes and you are legally allowed to turn it. If you engage level three autonomy and something happens, you, it, but you have to, you, it doesn't do that all the time. You have to engage it. But if you engage that feature and then it's engaged and if the car says it's engaged, you can read a book. If something happens, Mercedes gets the bill. They get their cobble, not you. I have not heard that, but that's in California that's and interesting. in Germany. Well, it's one thing in America, but Germany, like they don't, they don't just uh, in California. Yeah. I mean, California is pretty strict well, on a lot of things too. Well, I mean, it's still America, right? But uh, like, but Germany. I mean, just really amazing, amazing, amazing uh, um, capabilities there. I, but I do think we're going to get a, like a chat GPT moment. That arc that you just described of like getting to uh, the point where you're like persuaded that the AI can kind of reason almost, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, where you suddenly have that that epiphany, like, oh, this is actually as close as it needs to be to be useful, right? Mm -hmm. It's not truly sentient, okay, but but it, at some point, faking it might be enough, you know. And um, I mean, that that is why it's called artificial yeah, intelligence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um, you know, there's a there's there's these sort of a uh, the these self driving cars, they like the full self driving in in the Tesla now. I don't, I can't read a book. I can't like disengage from the, I have to be actively babysitting the car, which is fine, right? But it is it is possible for me to get in the car, hit the button and have it take me out of my garage, down into the street, across town, and then I pull into the garage of the other place without having to do a single thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and sometimes I have to intervene. Sometimes it does really goofy things, you know, that are like, oh, that was, that's just wrong. That was dangerous. You could have gotten, you know, nothing went wrong, but that was wrong. And so it's, but it's still, if it does that once, you know, yeah. and, and so you've got to keep your, right now, we're not at the point where I'm just like, I, I'm confident in it, but it is so close that I can see it, you know? Well, my, my youngest daughter is learning to drive right now. And yeah. honestly, I, I got to think that, that the self-driving cars are better than she is because I, I can't disengage yeah. when she's driving either. I, this scares, scares the yeah. snot out of me. I, well, so your youngest daughter, right? So my, my only daughter, she's just turned 18. Uh, funny, you should mention this, right? Because we were in the, my, my partner and my kid and I were in, in Asia for a few months and we just got back uh, on the 
8th of this month. And uh, uh, automatic. Is your kid driving stick or automatic? Automatic. I, yeah. There is no way I'm putting iron in <laughs> yeah. stick. I learned the stick for a minute. That's my first car. I had a 1984 Honda Civic, but I, I, I learned to drive in 98. It was a used car, right? But, uh, but still, I, I couldn't do it now. Anyway, my kid, she just got, we just, it's been such a roller coaster. We got back on the 8th. Since then, as she's now an adult, she's 18, you know, whatever. she's 18. That's the thing to say, right? Um, but she's legally allowed to fly by herself. Mm -hmm. So proud. So she went to the airport by herself and got all the way down to LA without a parent anywhere involved, right? We just, good luck. Yeah. I mean, we bought the tickets and all that. You know, obviously we're in, in touch with her the entire time, but there's that. And then, uh, and then she passed her driver's license test and we've had her in um, training. We've gotten like tutors, uh, not a, like an instructor, driving mm -hmm. instructor, M much more driving behind the wheel than the legal requirement of like whatever it's like 50 hours or whatever if you're not 18, right? We've done much more every weekend for like the last eight months. She's been driving hours and hours and hours, right? Really just wanted to make sure she had every bit of exposure to driving. And San Francisco is not a chill city to drive. No. no. So, so I knew she was getting good and the, the instructors had glowing reports. I've sort of, I'll get in the car with her, but I, you know, I don't want to, even if I don't say anything, body language says a lot. So if I'm sitting there bracing, like, you know, oh God, oh God, it's just not good for her. Right. So I've just sort of like, okay, you go with the instructor. That's why we pay them. They have a, a break in the wheel well, wheel well to make sure everything's okay. So I know she's driving well out there. I've got nothing but glowing reports from the instructor, but I haven't really had a chance to like see it so then she got she took the driving test like a week and a half ago passed right and then we went to car shopping and that's the first time we I, I got to see her so i'm in the back seat of all these cars and it got to the point where i'm like checking my phone and i'm just checking oh, yeah. on twitter i'm like oh hey i'm not even worried about it she's doing great up there good job you know like it happens it just it is terrifying that, well, and then it's not that was the experience we had with my oldest daughter she picked yeah. it up really quick and to the point where i was you know doing other things uh, yeah. My youngest, I think part of her problem is that she's nervous and we're nervous because yeah. she's nervous and, and it, it makes just, it, bad it, for it just snowballs <laughs> and, uh, but she's getting better. Yeah, of course. They, they, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself. My kid is smarter than I am. So if I can drive a car, then she can definitely do it, you know? Um, okay. So somebody says, and this is always worth remembering. There was a robo taxi that collided with a fire truck in San Francisco last Thursday. Yeah, there are lots of examples mm -hmm. of uh, robo cars. Because remember, in San Francisco, we have full autonomous vehicles right. that drive at nighttime. I've heard of this. Yeah. And they even that you can get a car. It's like Uber. You can on your phone. You can request a ride with these driverless cars. You see them all around the city in San Francisco. So it's not. And so it's 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 not perfect. Uh, there are sometimes uh, going to be issues. The thing to remember is that. For every one autonomous driver as a percentage of the fleet that's out there, there's what, you know, how many thousands of people, regular people driving that get in tax accidents? And it's not just an empirical number. It's a percentage of people with regular cars. They're getting into a lot more accidents. That's why the governments all around the world are moving to allow, hesitantly, these uh, automatic robo-taxi things. You know? and, I, and I think the problem I have mentally with it is I, I sit back and I think about it and I reason that... Uh, Auto, you know, self-driving cars are probably driving better than, you know, the vast majority of the human-driven cars out there because most yeah. of the humans out there suck at driving. The worst. Me too. I'm not good. But I'm, I'm so expecting I'm expecting it to be better than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting it to be, you know, to make it where it's, I mean, because I'm very a very conscious driver, and yeah. I, I want it to be better than me, and yeah. that, I think that's where I have my hesitation is I'm expecting more of it than I'm expecting of the other drivers on the road. Yeah, I, I don't drive for myself. I drive for everybody else on the road, which, by the way, changes what, like, I think, uh, um, you know, I, w software. What is, a, what is a mature engineer look like? It's somebody who can work well with others. It's not mm -hmm. just coding by yourself, lone cowboy or, or you know, what's the, what's the, is it cowgirl? I don't know. What's the, what's the right thing? The lone hero uh, there that's better maverick maverick yeah. yeah lone maverick coders you know that's that's not uh, the sign of a, a, a of a more senior uh, uh engineer right if no. you can't play with others you're nobody wants to work with you right, that, that's, right. A, that's a disservice so and, and the same thing when i as i got as i've gotten older first of all 
I wobble more. I get up sometimes. I'm like, oh, hey, that's that foot isn't going where I thought it would go. Uh, and uh, so I'm, and I'm, I guess I must be. Empirically... I'm older than you. Wait, just yeah. wait. It gets better. <laughs> and then I, uh, I, and um, empirically, I must be slower on the draw, right? I mean, I, I don't imagine my reflexes are nearly what they were even just 20 years ago. And so I know when I drive now, I, I don't know. I don't drive as fast as I used to. I used to be. I'm from LA too. We drive like crazy people there. Cut you for a car length, right? Like it's, right. But I, I've just become sort of like grandpa, you know. I'm and my kid. I'm sure she hates driving with me because I'm piddling down the road, you know, like, um, uh, yeah. So, okay. We, yeah. Even uh, somebody says a great point. Even AI cars can't prevent crazy drivers in the road. Exactly. exactly. There's going to always be that, that entropy. Um, yeah. The biggest problem with it is that there's still humans out there and most of yeah. them suck at driving. Uh, let's see. Oh, Hey, Hi, everybody. Well, yeah. Okay, good. So people are, um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't know where to point people when they listen to this episode. I want them, there's, normally I, I hope people will just give me a few places where they can find you. Uh, well, first of all, are you on the internet? That's my normal question. I mean, the easiest way to find anything about me, whether you want to follow me on the social medias or you want yeah. to find my books yeah. or you want to... Uh, watch any videos because I produce videos both on uh, Spring and Alexa development. Uh, not as many as I'd like to. Uh, I wish I had more time to do that. They're really but, good. Um, but if you want to find name. any of that stuff, the best place to find me is at habuma.com. H-A-B-U-M-A.com. Okay. That's short for Harley, Buster, and Max, which were the three dogs that I had when we I, I needed a domain name. They've all moved on to other that. things now, mostly because they're just, they died, but... Farm upstate, I like to say. Okay, come on. Yeah, they went to a farm. Yeah. Uh, but Harley, Buster, and Max were the, the oh, three dogs we had. All these years, I have, I've always kind of wondered, I, Harley, Buster, and Max. That you is this the first time you've you've told anybody that? No. Damn. Just you could have just said yes and like. Oh sure, it's, it's never brought it. I just came up with it. The coffee. <laughs> uh, by the way, as literally as you and I were talking, at, uh, during this interview, the, during, live, I've got an iPad here. Looking, at, I'm looking at questions over here. Uh, Twitter. As a part of our ongoing efforts to modernize and transform our API platform, we're deprecating some of our V1.1 endpoints and ask you to migrate to the V2 equivalent table below. But while we are currently not replacing a few legacy endpoints, oh, these deprecations will allow us to continue building to support the latest X features into our V2 uh, API. So we'll continue deprecating V1.1 endpoints in the future and highly suggest mapping out your customer, your existing consumption to prepare for future migrations. Um, so that's from Twitter dev, but it's talking about this, this platform called X, um, which, uh, you know, there's nothing confusing about that. So yeah, I, I, I was saying Twitter never changes. Twitter always changes. Yeah. I, and at least lately. Least convenient way, right, too. Okay, well. Yeah, X is that button you click at the top of your screen to close, to close the window. Yeah. yeah. Um, or X never changes. Yeah, it, it changes all the time now. Okay, so habuma.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you're on Twitter. You're on X at, as at Habuma. That's right. Uh, there's a skill out there called mouse guests yes. that people can and should find. It might change its name. So get it now while it's still referenceable by that name. Uh, your book, Spring in Action. Spring in Action, sixth edition. Uh, it's been out for a little over a year now. So, and I, I, a little secret is I'm talking about a seventh one. Uh, not, not, not much has Work has been done toward that, but I'm talking about it. And it'll have virtual threads as oh, absolutely. Core. That's that's three dot two, right? That, that, it's absolutely going to be three dot two. Yep. Um, or whatever. Yeah. If, if something else comes along before sure. I finish it, um, the other book, build talking apps for Alexa. Oh, you've got a book on on building skills and stuff. Yes. <gasps> and that one, I I don't have any immediate plans for a second edition, although I really want to, mostly because so much has happened since that yeah. book was printed. Uh, I don't recommend writing two books at the same time. I, that's what I did with Spring and you Action 6 and it. that one. And the modules when you were doing that with something else as well. Um, yeah. I and so I don't recommend that, uh, but it, it happens. Uh, but yeah. You make uh, it look easy, my friend. I do believe that the uh, the Alexa book, even though it's been out for a little over a year and since so much has happened, it's still relevant. Everything in there is still good. Yeah. It's just there's so much more I want to tell now. No doubt. Um, and uh, so Amazon or any fine e-tailer, or retailer for books mm -hmm. that will have it. Uh, print printed versions are 
you know, I've got a stack of them, so I know they're around as well. Um, anything else? I had nothing. You might have had one thing. Okay. Spring1.io forward slash history of spring with dashes in between. I have heard of this and I heard you talking about it on the way here, but um, I, and I've heard of it for the last few weeks, but I have not looked at it yet. I just haven't had a chance. I'm going to, we're going to look at it right after the show. Everybody, thank you for hanging out. Look at that. Oh, somebody says uh, he got the book, sixth edition. Glad to interact with the author. Well, thank you. I am, I am, yeah, it's a great book. I'm a, yep, absolutely. Okay. Right, thank you. Bye, everybody. Have a great day and stay tuned for more. I, I think we're doing another live stream uh, very soon. Uh, so talk in a bit. A beautiful podcast is produced by me, Josh Long. I do these podcasts because I believe that everything we do in software is for and made better by people. I want to hear from you. I'm Josh at joshlong.com by email or at S-T-A-R-B-U-X-M-A-N on Twitter, where, of course, my direct messages are wide open. Do you have guest ideas, topic suggestions, feedback? Don't hesitate to reach out. If you like the show, then please consider rating it on iTunes and leaving a review, uh, as it really helps the show. I sampled music from Steve Combs's Them from Morning and Springtime and Steve Combs's Small Victory, both of which are licensed under a Creative Commons license. I'm trying to hire production assistants to make the production of this podcast easier. I want to make sure that we can add things like show notes and transcripts and, and just generally do more. If you would like to advertise on the show, then please reach out to me. Uh, and if you can't uh, or don't want to advertise but would like to otherwise support the show, then please consider supporting me at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Josh Long for as low as $4 a month. Thanks again. No harm came to any seasons in the making of this podcast.